Hello, gamers. Internets, not gamers. Hello. Now nah, we're switching it up because of uh, Brant complaining last week about us stealing his trademarked thing. He didn't complain. Uh, he was those... he was proud of it. It was one of those emails you didn't ever read. Oh, did he send an email? Dang it! How did yeah. I miss that? Turns out for months you've actually been checking the wrong email address. My little pony. And nobody sends you personal gamers. emails, but so many people have been checking out Trinity Gamers. Hello, everybody. I am Brian. Uh, back at it. Uh, back here from Belize. Yeah. Really wishing I was still in Belize, but I am here tonight hosting this podcast with my buddy Jason. Jason, how you doing? I'm better now that you're here. I don't have to host this week, man. Last week was a train wreck. No, last week was fun. It was a good last time. Last week was fun. It was, it was good. I, I actually listened to it. It was the first time I've actually listened to this podcast. <laughs> Ever. See, it's funny because I have to listen to it multiple times every week. So, except for last well, week. If, because it was if late. Every episode, yeah, if every episode is as good as last week's, then you are a lucky man. Well, last week it was late getting out, so I just like posted it. And uh, all you listeners, uh, you got a little bit of pre-show in there too, which was a was an unexpected treat. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> look behind the scenes. Maybe we should do a, a spoiler cast of the podcast sometime. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Well, uh, I do back. apologize for yeah, I do apologize for anybody that uh, caught fifty minutes of spoilers before you guys issued that spoiler warning, though. Uh, shut up! <laughs> shut up! There weren't that many spoilers. You guys heard about a couple couple characters. Yeah, the... but not how to unlock them or anything like that. No, so, we didn't... Uh, no. Or... you guys, you guys did fantastic, and I definitely want to do a uh, a big thank you to Chris and Brant for for hopping in and filling in for me while I was gone. Yeah, they did a great job. They were actually uh, a lot of fun to talk to. Um, you know, short of the some random technical difficulties, the the podcast went really smooth with those guys on there, so it was good times. Yeah, and they're both incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to not only Gloomhaven, but kind of all video games in general. So it, it yep. was fun having them on. I imagine they will be guests again in the future. Beautiful. Uh, and, of course, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast... Um, well, send us an email, or hop on Patreon, or any of the other ways that we will talk about later in the podcast to get a hold of us, and uh, maybe you too can find your voice on a podcast. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Jason, what have you been up to? <clears throat> you know what? I actually uh, have been lacking in the video game department as of late. Uh, this week I traveled for work, so I was out of town all week. Um, so actually, a podcast topic I want to do in the future is gaming while traveling because it's super difficult to get any sort of like good quality gaming in. It, um, it is right. Uh, you have you have a nice laptop. You have a switch. I have a really nice laptop. I have a switch. Um, of course, both of us game normally on our desktops, but we have the option while we are out of town to play stuff. Uh, on my trip, I didn't bring anything along because uh, this was a vacation. I knew that I was going to want to spend time with the family and everything. Uh, but on work trips, I will bring both the Switch and my laptop, and I never actually bust them out. Yep. It's, I, it's, it just doesn't work. It's too busy. The hotel Wi-Fi sucks. Anyway, podcast topic we'll talk about in the future because maybe maybe some viewers will have some pointers for me on how to be better about uh, gaming while But I not travel. working on your work trip. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, uh, I didn't get to game a whole lot. Uh, I got a little bit of witness in before I left this week, um, you know, and then uh, kind of the standard. I did some some World of Warcraft, things like that, but it was minimal. I missed Mythic Monday. I think it sounds like you missed it as well. So yeah, we both Monday, we both were actually off uh, on WoW this week. Yeah, Mythic Monday sounds like it was uh, less mythic. Only because we mm. weren't there. I'm sure they still ran Mythics, but anyway. Well, it was it was probably Mythic, but not Epic. 
Oh, yeah, okay. That's probably the right words. So, yeah, that was me. That's me. How about you? Welcome back home. You get some gaming in when you got back? Thank you. Uh, actually, yeah, I, I managed to get a little bit in. So, like I mentioned, I didn't play anything at all while I was gone. I spent a week in Belize. Uh, Belize is phenomenal. Anybody that ever has an opportunity to get down there, please do yourself a favor and check it out. Uh, wonderful, wonderful country. Friendly people. Uh, they all speak English, so I didn't feel lost and confused. Uh, really nice. And I spent three of the days that we were there uh, out on a boat scuba diving and snorkeling and absolutely fantastic time. Uh, but I did get some games in when I got back. Uh, I played the Overwatch single-player mode. Uh, they've got Storm Rising going on right now, which is another one of their little uh, archive events or whatever they call them. Uh, have you played this one? I have, yeah. It's a good time. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. See, I thought it was really meh. Yeah? yeah? But yeah, it's, I mean, it was, okay. it was fine. It was fun. Like, I, I played it with the wife. Um, we played one round. I think we both kind of came away going, okay, cool. It's another... One of those again. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so that's what I was going to say. If, if you enjoyed any of the other archive events, it, it's just another archive event. So it, I enjoy the archive events. I think they're fun. Uh, it's nice to kind of get like that single player or like a co-op against um, yeah, kind of story mode type feel to it. Um, so I like that. Uh, with that being said, I can totally understand how it would be underwhelming since we've done it four times before this. Um, sure. I do like well, and, the, and honestly, I, I actually think I like the Halloween event more than these archives uh, at this point now. Like, the, the first one was cool because it was something different. Uh, and then the second one, you're like, oh, okay, I guess it's another one of these, whatever. This one, it's just like, I, I just don't care. Like, oh, walk in a warehouse. Now 15 waves of enemies are going to pop out of different doors. Cool, nice. you killed them all. Walk through the door and go into a different closed corridor in which 15 waves of enemies will pop out of different doors. I swear to God, if I have to pay one more round of Junkerstein's <laughs> Revenge, I'm going to kill myself. It, but again, like, Junkerstein's Revenge, at least it mixes some stuff up. Anyway, yeah, that's fair. That's uh, fair. I, I played it. It was fine, but I don't know if I will even actually get back in there. Um, I need to take another look at the skins and decide if there's any of them that I want to pick up, which might be the only reason I actually play some rounds just to get some uh, free loot boxes that soldier skin is on fleek as they say in the uh young and kids days i don't think the kids say that anymore they don't uh, i don't even no, know I think that's means, a couple years ago. next you're gonna dab to everybody that's watching us live and really show how out of date you are touche touche <laughs> so i played a little bit of that um i plugged away a little bit on the witness nice. um you know, it's still fun, but it's definitely not the same as the first time because I've forgotten those solutions to puzzles, but I remember the way that you need to go about solving them a lot more than I thought I would, um, which I guess maybe isn't surprising because as I've mentioned every podcast that I've been on for two months now, uh, this is one of my favorite games of all time. So maybe it's not too surprising that I would kind of remember it fondly, uh, but I've been solving the puzzles a lot quicker than I guess I was maybe hoping I would almost. Uh, sure. Where it's, I'll go into a new area and it takes me 30 minutes, 40 minutes to clear an entire area and activate the lasers and, and all that. And, uh, you know, it's still fun and I love the world and I've actually been finding some new cool little secrets in it that I missed the first time through. So that part has been fun. Uh, but I don't know how much longer I'll continue on with it. Um, the big game, though, that I do want to actually talk about a little bit that I've been playing a good amount of the last couple days is Satisfactory. Uh, have you have you heard or played at all any of Satisfactory? That's a silly question. You texted me about it three hours ago. Of course I've heard of it. 
Uh, well, for those of you that I did not text three hours ago, uh, Satisfactory is basically a an efficiency management factory game. Um, the idea is basically that you are on a a planet, a foreign alien planet, uh, and you are part of this multinational corporation, it seems like, that is hell-bent on basically stripping all the resources from this planet as well as you possibly can. Uh, so it kind of has this a little bit of a Minecraft thing, uh, feeling at least at first, where it's a little first-person game. You can run around and gather resources. Uh, but what's cool about it is that you basically start automating stuff pretty quickly. So, you know, when you start, you'll run up and you'll whack away at a node of iron and you gather some iron up and you can make some iron bars or some iron plates or some iron sheets, iron panels, and you can turn those into other things. Uh, but pretty quickly, you get the ability to make a mining node, uh, basically a, a miner that you can put onto it and you can power it and it will automatically mine for you. And then you can start getting better and better versions of that. And then you can start getting different pieces of equipment that will smelt that ore for you without you having to smelt it. And then they'll take that smelted ore and start turning it into things that you need without you having to do it yourself. Uh, and, the, and the idea very quickly becomes one of doing this the most efficient way possible. Uh, and it kind of has some some missions that you're trying to end up doing as far as just, you know, you need to turn in X number of resources. And I don't know, it's it, it's good fun. Uh, a lot more than I was maybe thinking it was going to be. Uh, if you, if you like the type of game where it's all about efficiency, it's all about setting up these supply chains and connecting everything by conveyor belts and doing it in the, in the best way possible, or alternatively making a complete mess of different conveyor belts and just going completely nutso with it, uh, it's a really good time. Uh, and I think I'm going to keep playing it. I'll report back next week once I've had a chance to, to play it a little bit more with my thoughts on it. Um, this is on the Epic Store. It's $30 right now, so I actually put some money into the Epic Store finally. Uh, and you know what I did, buddy? A little pro tip here. I went onto my credit card, and I got one of them one-time, like, fake credit card number things that you can do, so that when I put my account into the Epic Store, I don't have to worry about their horrible, horrible security and everything like that on it, uh, and getting hacked and losing all of my monies. That's actually probably a good idea, because a uh, funny story for you this weekend, it wasn't the Epic Store, but my Chipotle account got hacked, and someone used my debit card to buy Chipotle in Washington State. I am not happy. You know what? That actually happened to my wife like six months ago. Somebody like she randomly got a notification that somebody had ordered like Chipotle on uh, one of her cards. Yeah, it's like seriously. her Amazon card somehow. Like I don't even know how they would have gotten that and how they were able to use that to buy Chipotle. But I think it's linked to the Chipotle account. Ridiculous. Yeah, so I wasn't happy. But anyway, I digress. The Epic Store <laughs> is super secure. That's a joke. That, uh, yeah, that is that is not true. Uh, but Satisfactory is fun. And like I said, it, this is, uh, it's in early access. They have uh, all sorts of plans on stuff that they want to add, new tiers of different uh, buildings and stuff, upgrades to buildings. Uh, I Right now it has multiplayer in it, but it sounds like that's a little spotty, uh, and they're going to be kind of adding some stuff for dedicated servers and, and fleshing all that stuff out. So a really cool game for anybody that's interested in that sort of thing. Sure. I like it. I like it. Well, I'll have to check it out, maybe. I'm, I'm still debating. I'm still... There's a few games I'm debating on, man. I gotta find one that I want to play. Yeah, doing this podcast thing is dangerous, because it's just a really good way to find new games and spend a lot of money on stuff that you then just don't have enough time to actually end up playing. Right, exactly. Exactly. 
right, well, let's jump into a little bit of news here. Um, I think we both added a couple news stories onto the list, so I will start here. Uh, new podcast or new uh, consoles are new, new podcast. You did new podcast. Are you are you leaving me? You jerk. <laughs> new consoles are uh, they're on the horizon, buddy. I know. I'm excited. Actually, I've been hearing a lot about them, and it's getting me excited. Which is funny because I'll probably buy a new console. I'll play it for 35 minutes and then it'll sit there for the next four years without me turning it on. You go back to your computer, yeah. Yeah. No, we've uh, we've got all of them coming out, right? So obviously Nintendo has the Switch. That's relatively new. But there are the these rumors that have been circling for a while, circulating for a while, about new versions of the Switch. And it looks like people are now expecting that to be coming out, at least one version of that, maybe something that's a little bit more portable and handheld, uh, coming out somewhat soon here, uh, as early as possibly this summer or maybe this fall. Uh, You just got a Switch. How do you feel about it? Would you prefer it was a little bit more portable like this one is rumored to be? Uh, See, and this this is stuff that drives me nuts about the gaming industry. The Switch is a hand... It's the size of one of my old cell phones. Like, it's not that big. So having to make it more portable doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't understand why you put manpower, time, engineering, anything else into a Switch that's going to be more portable. Like, well, at I mean, that point in time, thing, I'm just going to use have, my phone. Well, we've got some good-sized bezels on it. So, you know, maybe you keep the screen the exact same size, but you can shrink it down a little bit and get rid of a little bit of bezel on it. Uh... I really hope that whatever this is, and I have no plans to buy a new, more portable version of the Switch unless they really add some interesting features, but I hope they don't shrink those Joy-Cons at all because those things already are about as small as you can possibly get. Right. Um, I think they're probably too small to be comfortable for my three-year-old. Right. That's Everybody's taking those Joy-Cons and putting them in a bigger controller right now. You know what I mean? So. No. Yeah. Uh but new Switch, uh, we also have some news coming out about the PlayStation 5, uh, and this is stuff that's kind of been leaking for a little bit, uh, as well as some more semi-official stuff coming out of uh, PlayStation, out of Sony themselves. Uh, I, I'm hesitant to start talking about this stuff too much, because if this is like every other console release that has ever happened, a lot of this is going to end up being completely and utterly garbage by the time the actual console comes out, but uh, some of it's kind of fun to talk about. So uh, they're working with AMD again, it sounds like. The processor that's going to be in it is going to be part of the Zen 2 architecture, which is not surprising whatsoever. Um, right. It's going to have a Navi GPU in it. Again, doesn't surprise me. Too surprising, right? All yeah. that... Sounds good. Uh, the stuff that starts getting a little bit silly, maybe. Uh, ray tracing, which I don't believe for a second. I uh, Going to come native with 8K support for all also, of your 8K TVs out there. I also doubt that. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. Uh, and then it's going to have a really fast hard drive, and it's going to be super amazing, and it's going to revolutionize gaming and everything like that. So so here's my Woo. take on it. Like, so we... we uh, Chris Brant and I kind of talked about the PS5 last week with some of the announcements of it having an SSD and uh, having backwards compatibility. The backwards compatibility, yeah. 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 Yep. Um, I think those are pretty... pretty. I think that's legit. That's probably going to happen. Um, somehow managing to get a Navi GPU to push 8K and to push um, uh, ray, ray tracing. tracing. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Um, for the price point that is assumed that it's going to come out at or candidly even for the price point that 
it would have to come out to make it competitive in the market. Um, right. The, assu- the assumed price point is $400. Say they go yes. up to $600 and make it really a high end PS five, right. Which would be crazy. I can't imagine people would go there, but if they did, I still don't think you're going to get a GPU that can support those two features. You can't even buy a GPU right now for under a thousand dollars. It does ray tracing or AK support. Like, how are you going to put it? In well, a- yeah. So the AK is completely silly. Like, there, there's not a chance that this thing is going to actually support native 8K. Uh, there might be some sort of super sampling, up sampling, up resing, whatever the heck the right terminology would be, where it could output 8K from whatever DisplayPort or HDMI two point something or another port it has on it but it's not going to be even remotely 8k um i have an xbox one x i do not have a playstation 4 pro but everything i've heard about the playstation 4 pro is that the 4k support on that is laughable in most games where it's not even close to actually natively putting out 4k on that so the idea that this next thing is going to somehow magically be able to put out the textures and everything that are required for real 8k uh, is i mean hilarious And the size of those textures and everything starts getting so massive, this thing's solid-state drive is going to be filled up the second you download your first game onto it. Well, not to mention, Sony doesn't even have an 8K TV yet, so why would they put out an 8K console? I mean, Samsung's got an 8K TV. I don't think Sony's released theirs yet. I'm sure it's right around the corner. Yeah, does anybody actually own the Samsung 8K TV? Or is it basically just in display rooms? No, no, it's being sold right now. I think it's like $9,000, $10,000, but it's being sold. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, I will also say that for anybody that's kind of kept up on graphics card news, NVIDIA has come out and they actually have made it so you can do ray tracing on the previous generation of graphics cards. Uh, so your 1080 Ti and my 1070 Ti actually can do ray tracing. If you're really excited by like four frames per second gaming, yeah, I'm, I'm not. So maybe that's I'm, what they're gonna. Maybe all they're gonna do is they're gonna go through and they are technically gonna be able to output 8K and they are gonna be able to do ray tracing on it and it'll just basically be a PowerPoint presentation. You know, uh, here's the thing. Besides you and I, I want someone to tell me what ray tracing actually is, because <laughs> right? that's the thing. Everybody keeps oh ray tracing this, ray tracing sure. that. I know because I've researched it for this podcast and just so I know in general. But I guarantee you 90% of the population cannot tell you what ray tracing does or how it would affect your gameplay. Sure. So Sure. Why, why do you actually want it other than, again, it just being some sort of cool bullet point? Yeah, because you can say, my computer does ray tracing. Okay. <laughs> Woohoo! Anyway, next-gen consoles, those will be fun. I'm excited. The, they're going to come out. They're going to be cool. Uh, I am curious to see if there's going to be something that is actually cool about them other than then just being a little bit more powerful because i feel like it's been a couple generations now since we really got much right like i mean what did the xbox one and the playstation 4 really bring other than more social media sharing features really nothing which are fine i mean like that's that's great but like they really are not revolutionizing anything on these more recent ones and i haven't seen anything yet that's come out about this playstation 5 that looks like it's going to right right no i agree with that so, uh, next news, uh, new Assassin's Creed. Did you guys talk about this last week? I listened to the podcast and I feel like you, as much as you talked about Assassin's Creed, all you were talking about was, uh, Odyssey Origins. being free or, or Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whichever yeah. one it is. Uh, yeah. Origins. Origins is the free one right now on the, or I guess not free, but it's the unlocked one on the humble monthly bundle. Uh, people playing the division two apparently found some posters 
hidden not even remotely, uh, they're hidden in plain sight, uh, kind of hinting at Vikings and Assassin's Creed, and it has pretty much now been confirmed that uh, the next Assassin's Creed, it looks like it's going to be Vikings. How do you feel about that? Vikings I like cool, it. right? I like yeah. it. I, was... I mean, that's the direction we've been going for a while now, right? Like, the last couple games, uh, Origins and Odyssey have kind of gotten away from, like, the sneaky-sneaky and more into the hacky-slashy. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, if you follow any of the Assassin's Creed games, right, it starts out in the Renaissance, medieval times, you're an assassin kind of moving through this, you know, line of people that would live in different times, and you're taking over their bodies and becoming an assassin in those times, right? So um, it it makes sense to kind of explore different important times in history, like, again, Greece or ancient Greece or the Vikings is one of them. And I think it's uh, it's about time we explored our our uh, Neanderthal friends from the Sweden area, the Norway area. I'm sure. just kidding. Me being a Minnesota boy, there's Vikings all over the place out here. So, Well, so I guess, you know, I, I've got a couple observations on this that I'd like to make. Um, the first is, you know, so we, we had Egypt and then we had Greece. Now we're moving from Greece to the Vikings. That kind of sounds a lot like God of War. So is this basically just, you know, like Ubisoft trying to follow along with what they did on God of War? You know, we we, we killed all of those uh, the gods over in Greece there. Now we got to go and kill some Vikings? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, hey, here's what I'll say. Assassin's Creed, they spit one out like once every year, year and a half. Um how long does it take them to produce a God of War, you know? So maybe maybe Assassin's Creed's like, come on, we're going to tap into this market. Everybody loves the storyline. We can do it faster. There so, you go. I don't know. Um, second observation in this more recent kind of cluster of them, once we got out of the Middle Evil stuff, like you mentioned, uh, we had Origins. We had Odyssey. Uh, any ideas on the, the title of this new one? Because you know what? I'm sticking with the O's and I'm going with Odin. I'm going to go Boom. with... Um, oh, Vikings. Go Vikings. Skull. I'm going with Skull. Skull. Assassin's Creed Vikings coming next year, it sounds like. It yeah. sounds like this is uh, not a 2019, this is a 2020 game. Yeah, uh, it'll be out with Death Stranding. Jerks. Yeah, well, yeah, you you are really hoping that that's going to come in 2020. We'll, well and see on that one. C- Cyberpunk. That'll probably come out next year, too. There's a good chance of that one. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is out. And Finishing. it's uh, supposedly pretty great. Yeah, uh, you know, I've uh, I've seen a lot of good publicity around it. Uh, I mean, the there's obviously the clips out there of some of the fatalities. They're just gruesome and almost like um, uh, they're almost laughable how violent they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, could you could you imagine the the poor dude who? You know, is sitting there back in these congressional hearings about his violence too much in video games back with the original Mortal Kombat, falls, hits their head, goes into a coma, comes back out 20-some years later to wake up to Mortal Kombat 11 now. Yeah, he'd like, be like... Those pixelated blood splatters that used to be in the original ones compared to what they're doing now. I mean, this is this is torture porn in this thing. Yeah, seriously. Like, I mean, you used to knock someone onto a spike and watch them slowly slide down this eight 8-bit pixeled spike... It's like, oh my god, that's so violent. Now you physically see someone's like head get chopped off with a fan blade, and then they grab the head, and then they lick it, and then take a bite out of the face, and then they drop it like a soccer ball and kick, kick it through an electric fence until it chops itself into eight pieces like that. It's just, it just keeps building on itself. It's ridiculous. 
Just wait until Mortal Kombat 12 on the PlayStation 5 in beautiful ray-traced 8K. Yeah, with VR. (laughs) It'll be crazy. There we go. Uh, No, it sounds like this game's pretty good, but uh, I I just have to throw in a little bit of news. Uh, It looks like they they maybe screwed up a little bit on some of the grindy, microtransaction-y difficulty-type stuff on it. Uh, People seem to really like it, but I guess the towers in it, some of the single-player content, some of those harder towers are damn near impossible without you grinding for hours and hours and hours. Um, And it brings up one of these things that we talked about a couple podcasts back, these single-use items that I just hate hate in in games like they did this with halo 3 or 4 one of those uh this one has the same sort of idea where you get single use items that you can use to basically give you buffs and everything and god i just hate this mechanic in games like give me something that i can unlock but don't make me then have to either buy another one with real money or grind and grind and grind again to hopefully get it again right stupid when i had heard um it sounds like if you want to purchase all of the skins in Mortal Kombat 11 right now, it would cost you $6,844. If you were to just buy them without actually like grinding Correct, without any grinding of the, the currency yeah. at all in there. That's, that's, a, that's a spicy amount of Yeah, that's skins. not fun. No, that that's, is, that's, that's rough. That's, that's not fun. Uh, it, it sounds like for, for people that are playing MK11, uh, there is a patch that is supposed to be coming out to kind of tweak some of these different difficulty settings, tweak some of the grindiness. So uh, something should be coming soon on it, but it was just one of these things I felt like was worth bringing up because I just, oh, God, I hate this sort of mechanic in games right now. Yeah, no, I hear you there. I hear you there. I think it'll be good, though. I mean, again, I've seen, I haven't been in a fighting game uh, since Street Fighter uh, back when I was probably 15 years old. Uh, and sure. Mortal Kombat, all those, but like I haven't jumped into fighting games a lot lately. Um, but this one definitely piqued my interest to a point where I was like, well, I could pick that up, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think I think they'll do well with with MK11. But I agree. I think the violence is laughable, and I definitely dislike the monetization model in the game right now. Sure. Sure. Um. And then I have just one last thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Steam World Quest is coming out on the Switch. Might actually be out now. I don't actually remember what the release date is. Have you played any of the Steam World games, buddy? I have not. I mean, I just Do you know like about a, these at all? I don't oh, have a clue what you're talking about. Uh, Steam World Dig, Steam World Heist, Steam World Dig Two, uh, now Steam World Quest. Uh, it's all kind of set in, loosely in the same world. It's uh, some lovable robots. Uh, Basically, every game kind of takes on a different mechanic and does it just incredibly well. So the SteamWorld Dig games kind of are a platformer that brings in a little bit of that endless digger. Uh, So think like Dig Dug or some of those style of games where you're digging down. Yeah, uh, you're digging down, you run into some enemies, uh, you're mining some gems, and then at some point your inventory's full and you go back to the surface, you cash in your gems, you buy some upgrades to your character that lets you go deeper and deeper and deeper and mine better minerals and everything. Uh, Really, really good games. Uh, SteamWorld Dig 2, actually both of them might be available on the Switch. Um, I played the original Dig on the PlayStation 3 or 4. Um, Dig 2 is a phenomenal game. Heist mixes up a little bit and becomes kind of a turn-based uh, strategy. Think like kind of a uh, a 2D version of like an XCOM type thing. Gotcha. Uh, where you take turns, you have different characters <clears throat> that have different abilities, different weapons. Uh, and you're kind of moving through these different 
little ship arenas to take out enemies, moving through a little story there. Uh, well, they've come out now with SteamWorld Quest, which is a full-on RPG-type thing with a little bit of, like, a card collection mechanic. Uh, looks pretty cool. So, you know, you were talking about things that you could play on the go. Check out some of these SteamWorld games. Because they are nice bite-sized things where you can jump in. You know, So if we're talking about Heist, uh, it's easy to jump in, do one mission, maybe 15, 20 minutes, you're done. Uh, for the dig games, you can go down, mine some stuff, maybe do kind of one little mini dungeon type thing, get back out, cash in your stuff in maybe 15, 20 minutes. Uh, really nice bite-sized pieces for commuting. Very nice. I should check that out for sure. Awesome. All right, well, that's all the news that I had. Uh, do you have anything for us this week you know the only thing uh that i would talk about is nope nothing got nothing <laughs> <laughs> no you pretty much hit all the news that i would have brought up like i said i was kind of uh out and about this week you know traveling for work and everything else so i didn't get a whole whole lot of time to be plugged in um a couple things that are really cool coming out uh, that I would be happy to talk about, but I imagine we will probably get to those in the next 10 to 15 minutes. So, <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, actually, one last thing. Board game, semi-board game news. Uh, Humble bundle right now. There is another Humble board game bundle. Uh, I feel like I don't talk about these different things enough. Uh, this one was a, a pretty good one. Uh, I know I mentioned it to you the other day. Do you remember what was in this bundle? I'm actually yeah, gonna look it was it up a lot, right now a lot of really good stuff. I had Pathfinder, had... Um, uh, pandemic. Yeah, here, I, I got it up right now. So you've got, uh, these are digital versions of these board games. Again, so these are all, uh, PC. Most of them end up being Steam releases, Steam keys that you get. Uh, couple really good ones in it. Love Letter and Gloom, which are both fantastic card games. Uh, there's a version of Ticket to Ride First Journey, which is the Ticket to Ride kind of entry-level one. Uh, Twilight Struggle, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal strategy game. Uh, another copy of Pandemic, because everybody needs 15 copies of Pandemic. Uh, Carcassonne, same idea. Everybody needs 15 copies of that. Uh, Mysterium. Did, did you ever play Mysterium board game? I absolutely did. One of my best friends uh, set me up at his house to play with it, and hmm. uh, it was it was good. Uh, his there you wife... go, yeah. Uh, Mysterium is a really fun little kind of co-op-y type thing. It's a co-op game with a little bit of a twist on it. I have no idea how this digital version of it would work, um, but if it's anything like the board game, really, really cool game. Uh, Scythe, which was one of the biggest games of, I want to say, end of 2017 in uh, physical board games. Uh, really good game there. And then uh, Ascension, the deck building game, and Pathfinder. Yeah, uh, yeah, Pathfinder Adventures. So uh, right now that is on the Humble Bundle. You've got 12 days left from when we are recording this to go and get those. Uh, and it's uh, it's a good collection. And again, Humble does not pay us at all, but I, I really like what they do and, and how they do it and everything. So Yeah, and I believe this, this particular... Um... This one benefits some children's charity thing. If I uh, Make-A-Wish. Make-A-Wish, yep. that's the one, yep. Which really, uh, honestly, kind of drove me towards it because I'm a huge Make-A-Wish fan. Obviously, you know, I mean, I do a lot of charity work for kids as much as I can. I got two of my own, and uh, Make-A-Wish is a huge charity that I love to support. So um, Definitely. It's yeah, a, they do it's some good really cause. good things. So, yep. uh, And we might have a couple of these available. Uh, I'm going to pick this one up, so we might have a couple keys available here. Uh, for people that want them, giving them away on our uh, Facebook page or uh, Twitter or something like that here shortly. So Heck yeah, dude. keep an eye out for some of those sorts of things. Some of these games that I already have copies of. I love it. Um, 
Okay, so let's jump into our topic of the week this week, uh, playing with myself. Yeah. Um, so I've got a, I've got a confession. Um, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. We are yeah. an explicit podcast, but how explicit are you? <laughs> Where's your mind going here, buddy? No, oh. I'm talking about I'm talking about video games. Um, oh, okay, okay. I have a confession, and that is that I have found that more and more lately. I tend to be playing games that kind of require me to make some of my own fun. Uh, to, to essentially be playing with myself uh, within the game mechanics, but not necessarily being drawn or maybe just not finding these games that have as much of a story arc through them. Sure. Uh, and I feel like you kind of mentioned similar things a little bit here. So I guess what we kind of wanted to talk about this week is... Uh, this idea in games of, you know, the developers maybe holding your hand a little bit, whether that's through a story, whether that's through kind of uh, compartmentalizing the game and breaking it out piecemeal, um, versus some of these kind of sandbox games, um, or even games that maybe kind of should be something more narrative, but that we find ourselves making our own fun in. Yeah. Um, so... I'm going to just jump right into this. Uh, a lot of what I've been playing lately are things that I feel like I am only playing because of either stupid reasons or because of the own fun that I am making. So um, I mentioned Satisfactory earlier. Satisfactory, I am having a blast with, but this game is 100% driven by your own motivation to make a cool, efficient factory. Right. Right. Like at the end of the day, there's nothing like it's a cool game, but you're not really doing anything that's that incredible or amazing or story-based or anything like that. You know, it, it's just fun to build this factory and see the numbers go up as you're doing it. Um, it, it kind of has that Minecraft feel, right? Like, Minecraft, I know, has evolved a lot. Uh, it's been a while since I played it. But a lot of that is just your own creativity, right? Like, you want to dig this giant pit because it's neat, and you get better minerals and stuff, fine. But, I mean, really, you're just kind of making this bigger and badder hole or a bigger and badder fortress or, you know, whatever you're you're working at. Um, the other side of this is something like WoW. Uh, WoW has hours and hours of content, but I have found that I just don't give a crap right now about anything in the WoW story or anything in the lore or any of what I'm supposed to be doing for this. I just log in to play with you guys on Mythic Mondays because it's fun to BS with you guys and goof around and, you know, we, we laugh our way through these instances. Yep. So, again, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing these games to make my own fun in it and find my own ways to play them or <clears throat> goof around in them. Yeah, so what I'll say is I, I agree completely, right? So, um, candidly, I went to uh, Chris probably about four or five months ago, whenever we started Mythic Mondays, and I was I was bored, right? I mean, I had already done the raid thing for a while uh my character was a 120 he was geared relatively well um sure. <clears throat> so it was like uh, well i can level another character bring an alt up that doesn't sound all that fun um what do i do right so i went to chris and i'm like hey wait so chris and i went to blizzcon together and we saw the mdis at blizzcon which was really cool like just checking these guys out running mythic instances and having a good time and now i had no illusion that we would ever be that we were ever going to be in competing in the mdis or something no, like that not at all but it was like you know what it'd be fun to just get like a a solid group of five guys or or guys and gals or whatever together and let's just run a mythic push some mythics see see how high we can get see how optimized we can get um 
and go from there, right? And it's it's been nice because the, the gamification within the game, right? So, like, there's the game and the story and everything else. But, I've already, again, we've already played through the story. Like, Sure. You have a max character. You have multiple max characters. You've gone through all of the, the different war campaign or whatever that stuff is called in it. Yep. You've seen so, the content. So now it's like, okay, what am I going to do for the next nine months until they release 8.2, right? Like that's the stuff you have to figure out how to how to keep integrated in the game, right? And there's, I mean, World of Warcraft is is hard because you have a you know you have this investment that you've already put into the game, so you don't just want to go, okay, I'm done with it, f it, I don't need this anymore, right? Um, which I've done a couple times where I'm like, okay, I'm done until they launch another expansion, and then I pay my fifteen bucks and I come back. <laughs> sure. Um, but there's a part of you that just it's like, ah, you know what? I just kind of want to keep playing. I love the social aspect of it, whatever. Um, so finding ways to make the game uh, more interesting for you uh, is, I think, key, right? Sure. On it, I look at all games, right? And I think you're, we're both on the same page here. That, that you're going to hit that point with all games, right? There's the new, like, oh, this is fun. I love this piece, blah, blah, blah. But, like, finding a mastery, like, how to master a game, to, and this is this is me particularly. Some people have different. But, like, for me, I want I want to strive for mastery. That's my, like playing with myself right how do i take this game that everybody knows how to play and how do i make it so that i know all the ins and outs and how it works and blah 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 like apex legends right it took probably a month and a half before that game got boring so now it's like what am i learning okay i'm gonna learn how to do bunny hopping and i'm gonna learn how to adjust my you know yeah and i think multiplayer games have kind of a a built-in safeguard against this a lot of times because like you know i can play overwatch i've been playing overwatch for three years now or whatever that however long that's been and you know it's they add content here and there i wish they added content a lot faster than they currently do but they add stuff here and there but every match that you play still has that little bit of difference in it right because the the levels that we're playing at you're not playing meta on meta on meta every time it, we're playing at the low levels people jump in with completely random characters you never know what you're going to get so it does feel like every time is a little different on it whereas something like wow you know those dungeons are fixed you go into that dungeon and you are going to see these same enemies in the same order doing the same thing you know so that right. is where Yes, part of it is getting better at the game and optimizing your strategies and stuff. But the other part of it is goofing around. You know, hey, let's try this instance that we sucked at last time and see if we can do this other strategy now that we've never tried before. Or, hey, you know, we've got this one on lock, but let's try to do a couple skips with our rogue to bypass enemies we normally would have to fight. That'll allow us to get in there faster and, you know, get through this thing faster. So I, I think that's maybe where I guess I'm kind of starting to feel different than maybe I did as a kid where as a kid I I feel like the games were telling me what they wanted to do and I was doing that and now as an adult I kind of am looking at and saying maybe either I'm playing different games or I'm just saying you know what Blizzard I don't care what you want me to be doing I'm gonna go and do these other things so so we've we've touched on the question of are we playing with ourselves or not yes of course we are um (laughs) obviously the second question i have for you is do you feel like it's on the developers to provide you a way to play with yourself so to play with myself yeah um who do i think it's on the developer no and do i want to be the person that is maybe going out there and making content for a game no uh if you were to ask 18 year old brian oh god yes uh an 18 year old brian was making custom skins for my tribe's 
character and stuff like that. Um, now, no, I, I don't. But I love the ability to incorporate some of that into it. Um, so, I, I mean, I think we're going to talk about Overwatch Workshop in a second here. Yeah. Um, which I think is a is a really cool thing. So, I mean, quick breakdown of Overwatch Workshop. This is live now. Uh, and basically, this is a little bit like the Halo Forge thing from back in the day, where you pretty much now have a lot more control over custom game modes. Uh, to the point where it seems like they are adding not only custom rule sets, but scripting options and ways that you can really, really customize this shit. Yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> sorry, I started laughing there for a minute. Difficult said, I miss tribes. We all miss tribes. <laughs> we all miss tribes, I miss man. tribes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm actually, tribes really ex- was actually, tribes is actually all about making our own fun. We used to spend so much time in tribes too, just building stupid bases and oh, yeah. sky bases and dumb crap like that beyond was, just the, the actual capture the flag part of the game. It, it was a blast. I, I definitely miss playing tribes. I would go back to it. Um, except for, I don't know if my, my computer would probably require a disc drive to install it. And I don't, I don't yeah. know that. Um, yeah, no, Workshop to me, I'm excited about Workshop for a couple reasons. One, <clears throat> and this is just the pretentious side of me, I like pieces of a game that are difficult, right? So, like, I have a problem when you make a game so trivial, anybody can do it. Because then sure. anybody can do it, right? And they've already come out, and I'm not saying Workshop is a is a game individually on its own, but it's a piece of a game where they've already come out and said, look... This isn't for everybody. Like you got, you're gonna want to have to invest some time, learn it, because this is straight up scripting language. Like you're coding a new game mode, right? So uh, I think that's really cool. I also like the creativity of Kaplan and that team to just say, "Hey, you know what? Why don't we just take the engine that we use to build this game on anyway and lay it on the front end and say, sure. if you can build something cool, go for it, man." Sure. Um. So I'm I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be a fun time. Um. They've already released a couple uh unique game modes. And it's, I, I said earlier it was live now. It's actually live on the PTR now. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's not technically live yet, but it'll be live sooner rather than But it's later. for anybody that has the game. If you want to hop into the PTR, you can do it today. Correct. Yep. Um, but they, they have a couple really cool game modes like uh, the Floor is Lava. Which, I, I saw the Floor is Lava one. That looks yeah. actually really fun. So every time your character touches the ground, he starts on fire and starts burning. So you got to play like you know all these crazy characters that you know like Farah or uh, you've got a, a Winston maybe who's jumping a lot more Widowmaker yep. who's able to get up high yeah yeah exactly so that's kind of cool I like that idea um, I I think there could be uh, some really cool games that are made out of this I I'm looking back at like uh, back when you and I used to play Counter Strike right the mod community in Counter Strike was huge it was, oh it was crazy um, and it still is huge I'm just not as into it anymore but with something like a game like Overwatch um, giving them essentially because in Counter Strike the mod was the mod community was kind of like this this third party that people didn't really talk about but they produced some really cool stuff right sure uh, and Overwatch is really just taking this and going hey. Come on in. Like, mod community, do whatever you want in our games. Have fun, do right? You, do you think they're ever going to release a map editor? Because in this know. right now, you cannot make your own maps, correct? Like, you are still locked into different maps and everything that they already have produced. Correct. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a map editor. I also wouldn't be surprised if they made some sort of, like, skin editor. Um, they have talked about... Uh, but the problem with the skin editor is that's where they make all this money on loot boxes. Well, I don't think... So I could see that being... Yeah. 
I don't think they'll ever actually allow you to use the skins you create in this workshop in live games. Oh, okay. So you're thinking make it where you can, for your custom workshop thing, you now have different skins or something. Okay, I can see that. Or maybe it's a scenario where, like, you create a skin and save it, and then it becomes a locked skin on your character that you could potentially unlock in a loot box or something. I don't know. Okay, Uh, sure. This is all just theory crafting, of course, but um, I think things like that could happen i do like and i I still haven't seen how it would be uh built into the game yet but it it was something that kaplan said uh essentially this workshop will allow you to create your own character like you could create your own Hmm. hero so you can give the hero i wonder if that's the type of of thing yeah i wonder if that's the type of thing where you would still then build on a framework you say you know okay i want this character to look like tracer but they're going to have a weapon from Symmetra and that weapon is going to do damage as if it was Winston and that sort of thing where you're kind of able to change how these different things work and and swap them in and out. Um, Do you think we're going to see the next Dota come out of something like this? Uh, What what do you think it's going to take to make a new Dota? So here's here's what I think. I think this workshop is the right step. It's not it's not the end game, right? Because here's here's a couple things that it doesn't give you. One, it doesn't give the ability to make single player modes, right? So you can't program AI okay, yep. or anything else like that in there. Yeah, we talked we talked about the the Storm Rising thing, that single player thing. None of that is available. Like none of those previous single player content things are available in this yet. Okay. Correct. So you can't do a single player mode. Um there's some talks of people saying that you can um do kind of a single player or a like a co-op deal where um almost like a zombie mode like think zombie mode in call of duty or whatever where you can have these ais just mindlessly walk at you or aggro to you um but there's no like actual intelligent ai sort of just okay so maybe overwatch horde mode you could maybe do which you know what i would be all about because that actually i was talking about the the junkenstein's revenge thing i mean that is essentially a horde mode with then a couple special characters in it right exactly um so something like that's a possibility uh, it sounds like um but i think if they could build a framework to allow you to start doing more uh single player type game modes stuff like that i think you could actually get a pretty pretty intense or solid game now i'm thinking uh, i think it'll take probably a matter of minutes uh, as soon as the thing goes live before someone tries to code a battle royale for it sure you know drop a drop a map with 100 people everybody against everybody you die you're done that sort of thing i'm sure that'll be that'll be done in a matter of minutes so you could certainly see some of that sort of stuff um okay i like where your head went on it because yeah the battle royale does seem really obvious i was thinking you're going to say it's gonna be a matter of minutes before somebody manages to code a dick into it <laughs> that'll That'll probably be two minutes. And you know what? And then it'll, yeah, it'll be 10 minutes until you have a dick. It'll be another 10 minutes until you have a battle royale. And a half hour of that is going to be a battle royale of dicks. Yeah, that's probably. A hundred dicks fall out of an airplane. (laughs) That's probably accurate. I like it. That's that's more likely that's going to happen. Yeah, so that's where I was was going with it. Do you feel like it's on the developers to create that experience for you where you can make the game what you want and i agree i don't think it's on the developers i love it when a developer does it like in this case the workshop or even um you know the the counter-strike days allowing people to create mods um because there's so many games that are just locked up like you cannot have access source code you can't have access to do any of that like world of warcraft world of warcraft gives you no access to be able to modify anything in it right 
Sure. Um, and I get it. It's huge. It's a server-based game. It's Well, whatever, and, but... but World of Warcraft is also persistent, right? right? If there was a way that you could mod it and everybody was running around with just, you know, absolute god-tier unlocked weapons and armor and everything like that, it, it kind of gets rid of the entire premise of that game. Um, I think it's something like Overwatch or something like Counter-Strike. The, the way that it works is because you're segmenting it out and you're compartmentalizing your competitive scene... Where, no, okay, your competitive scene, you are only playing on these maps with these characters that have these, you know, set abilities and everything. And then over here, you guys go and do whatever you want. Have fun, you know, like, play around with it, because who cares, right? Like, there's nothing that's persistent about it. You're not getting, I mean, I guess technically you can go into your player profile and you can see how many wins you have. So, sure, if you really wanted to make some sort of smurf character that has a thousand wins and zero losses or something, you can make some dumb mode in the workshop that allows you to just easily get wins and whatever. But I mean, who cares? Like right. at the end of the day, those stats mean nothing. Right. Um, what so I, you... I guess, so I guess where I would transition from this then is no, I do not think that it is on the developers to have to supply that. I think it's cool when they do, but what do you think then about something like what media molecule does? Um, so little big planet developers and they're coming out, I mean, any day now, basically with dreams, Sure. Where, you know, th- this is a game that is essentially designed only for you to be creating content for it or playing other people's user-created content. Or, I mean, the other side of this would be something like Mario Maker. Same idea, right? Like, there's right. a handful of developer-made levels, but the entire idea is for you to make your own content or for other people to make content for you. Uh, and that is how you are supposed to entertain yourself in these games. Um, <clears throat> I See, here's where I struggle. I like the idea because it opens up people's creativity. It's not a game that I would probably buy. And, sure. And, and the reason for that is, is I I want to have a game to play. And then when I want to get creative, sure, I'll hop in and do some of that sort of stuff. That's why I like things like the workshop or um, I wouldn't even go Minecraft because Minecraft where <laughs> they're just wandering around a planet if you're not being creative. But um, sure. <clears throat> like I, I want to yeah, have the exploration aspect of it doesn't really get anybody too excited right i want to have a source game or a core game and then provide me with some sort of creativity outlet that i can have in the game with that being said i think dreams is going to be an incredible game i think um the the engine it's built on and the the idea behind it is super unique um and i'm i'm really intrigued by it but i think it's going to be one of those games where it's like uh yep i'll buy it I'll play it for 30 minutes, realize there's nothing to do if I'm not feeling creative, and then I probably will put it down and not play it anymore. Sure. Well, and I mean, the the thing with Dreams, so from everything that I've seen, and I have not picked it up, um, you can pick it up right now on the PS4 in kind of their early access mode that actually gives you pretty much full access to all the tutorials and a lot of the content and everything like that um, as like their current, think of it as their like pre-release beta sort of version on it. Um, the thing about Dreams is that if it's anything like Little Big Planet, and from everything I've kind of heard, you know, it seems similar-ish, the the curve, the learning curve to getting good at it is is intense. Like, there is a lot going on in order to learn how to use all their tools. And the tools are incredibly powerful, and you can do a lot with them. And Dreams builds on everything that Little Big Planet had by orders of magnitude. Um, but it's not like it's the type of thing where if I just have a clever idea of what I would like for a video game... 
I can pop in there and an hour later have that game done. Right, uh, right. Y- You have to really put time and effort into it. And there will be people, there will be content creators that make some phenomenal things for this. Um, and that is, I think, what would be cool to see. Not necessarily make it myself, but be able to play other people's things. Um, and what's cool about Dreams is that they are really breaking these down into components where, you know, if somebody is really good at character creation, they can make a bunch of really cool characters and put those out there. And I can look at it and say, okay, I'm really good at level design, but I suck at making characters. But Jason made a bunch of really cool characters, and I can grab your stuff and, you know, your assets and pull them into my game mode. Uh, And it's cool because it tracks all that, and it'll then, you can hop into Brian's level and see, okay, you know, Brian made these things, these textures were made by this dude, the audio was made by this guy, Jason made the characters. Um, So I think what I almost want to do with something like Dreams is give it a year. Sure. And then jump in when people have spent a year making cool assets that I can use. And people have spent a year making really cool different uh, levels that I can hop in and play and, and do it that way. Um, rather than actually having to jump in from the ground level and make all of my own content. Because yeah. uh, yeah. I like playing with myself, but I don't like playing with myself that much. <laughs> well, and I think there's something to be said about It's just a different type of gamer, right? Um, my son loves the, the Fortnite creative mode. Where you can, you know, build your own Fortnite area. You can, uh, you know, they're doing the thing. What's it called? Scissors Death Run. Who's a, Scissors is a guy who just makes creative modes. And it's like he builds these obstacle courses that you have to run through. And there's traps and all kinds of other crap that you have to get through. But he's made a huge name for himself just by building these courses, right? Okay. Um, so there's there's definitely something to be said about creativity and how, how to use video gaming as an outlet for your creativity. Minecraft obviously being a huge one. Um, sure. Some of the things I've seen made in Minecraft, I'm looking at it like, uh, what? Like, how, how did you do that? You know, yeah. I mean, they, they reconstructed the Notre Dame Cathedral in Minecraft. Like, holy crap. Um, but uh, it's, it's just not my cup of tea, right? So it's not, it's not to say it's wrong. It's not to say it's not a great idea. It's just not something I'm going to do necessarily. Sure, sure. Um, so, all right, here, buddy. I have yeah, a question what else you got for, you? for me? Yeah, so... Uh, this is just something I was thinking about as we were talking through it. So do you feel like, because we're old now, uh, we've been we are alive old now. for quite a few years. Um, and I remember back to when I was gaming as a younger kid, and I didn't have the need uh, to play with myself, if you will. Um, it wasn't a like a scenario where I was like, oh, okay, how do I make this game fun again? It just, it just stayed fun. So it was do, fun, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it's more um, our expectations now because of the evolution of open world gaming? Like, is that why we're to that point where we're like, you know what? I'm going to go do whatever the hell I want in this game to make it fun again, right? In the past, it was just a scenario where this is, I only have this one path. So no matter what, I'm just going to keep running down this one path and it's still fun. I'm enjoying it. Sure. Um, But now, with things like. Well, so yeah, so part of it might be. Part of it might be the evolution of gaming, like you kind of mentioned. You know, we're we're spoiled now by open world, larger games. We're we're spoiled by games that have so many different options and everything like that. Because when we grew up on NES games, that wasn't the case. Um, right. You know, it, it's been as a weird little aside, I guess. Like I've kind of watched some speed runs of games that I remembered as a kid. Uh, games that were not necessarily good games, but, you know, just stuff that I remember playing a lot of and spending hours and hours on. And you watch a speedrun of somebody who knows what they're doing and, you know, they make all the jumps, they they hit everything perfect. And some of these games that I spent hours and hours playing as a kid, you can beat in 15 minutes if you know what you're doing, oh, right? Yeah. And, and the replayability on it was 
or you know what made you come back not necessarily replayability i guess but what gave it that the lifeline that it had was stuff like you know how hard the game would be or you know basically spots where you would insta die if you did something wrong that you had to kind of figure out and once you figured it out it was trivial to get past those sorts of things um as far as why do we now not want to do that sort of thing, uh, games have evolved and we've evolved. We have kids now, we have jobs now. Um, I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. And because of that, I do the same thing once or twice, and then I go and I make my own fun. Um, yeah. You know, I if the game provides it, that's great. If not, and the mechanics are worth me coming back for or feel like they're worth me coming back for, then that's where something like WoW happens. Where I honestly feel like the content that is available in WoW is not holding my interest. It's you guys and it's, you know, us goofing around that is doing it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and and yeah, I think that's where I come down on it now. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, you just talking through that right now made me realize that even in those older games, even though I didn't, in my mind, think we were doing anything to continue to make it fun for us uh just bring up speed running like that's a how do i keep myself engaged in this game well sure. i'm just gonna focus on running it faster and faster and faster and faster and faster right how fast can i get this done that's that's essentially what we're talking about like how do you i've beat the game now it's boring what can what can bring me back into it and speed running is one of them so i guess it, it i think there's definitely speed running a is a way to yeah speed running is a way to kind of play with yourself yeah, I, there is definitely a, um, you know, a increased want to do that because of the open world, in my opinion. But I, I definitely sure. see where it, it still existed back in those days, too. So that's a good sure. call out. Yeah. Um, and then really the last thing I guess that I would mention is uh, I feel like this is in some way kind of remedied by achievements. And we, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Neither of us give a crap about achievement hunting or anything like that or our trophy levels or steam points or any of that stuff. Nope. Um, but I do think that sort of thing is a fantastic way for you to kind of find extra fun in a game that you've already done. Uh, whether it's by, you know, complete it now using only these powers or only these weapons or get, you know, this many headshots with this weapon that you maybe never used or those sorts of things. I, I mean, I think that is kind of a fun way to to do that uh, within a game that maybe you otherwise are kind of done with. Yeah. I think any, any game developer or any platform that puts additional gamification into a video game uh, is, is really just setting themselves up for success, right? You look at achievements being additional gamification. You look at, uh, so for example, example, there's even third parties that are game gamifying. Uh, so like world of Warcraft, one of the things that's really kept me dri driving towards, um, you know, doing mythic Mondays and everything else is Raider.io, Right. How do I okay, get my sure. Raider.io Raider score up higher, right? And it's just a stupid thing, but at least gives me a goal. It gives me something to push for <laughs> because my character is set it Makes right you feel now. really cool about yourself. Right. My character is set right now at a, at a four, I think it's a 404 item level. So I'm not really grinding for any more gear. I'm capped for this this expansion, right? Uh, so how do I continue to move move in a direction that you know is, is still providing some sort of success? So yeah, achievements. Yeah, how do you get those numbers bigger? Yep, achievements, um, you know, tracking sites are a big one. Um, I even think of things like Fortnite with the Battle Pass, right? They took their normal game, their Battle Royale, uh, and then they gamified it by saying, all right, we want you to land in these three different locations. We want you to jump your ATV through 14 rings. Like, things like that, 
I think is really smart from a game developer, which is why, again, why Fortnite is still a monstra is still a, is is a, is huge, right? Sure. I love the playstyle of Apex Legends, but Fortnite has so much more to do in it, right? Sure. Apex Legends is just run around, shoot people, fun, but there's no like there's no <laughs> well, additional sure. gamification. And I mean, I guess if we're if we're keeping on this topic of you know playing with yourself, then I guess you could make an argument that those sorts of things, whether it's the achievements or whether it's the battle passes, maybe are developer created. So yes, like it's your choice if you want to do them because you could go through and you can continue playing Fortnite or Apex Legends or PUBG or whatever you want and completely ignore the existence of all those things. Uh, just go shoot other dudes in the face. But it does give you the option if you want to do these other things and expand it out and goof around and try different game modes or play styles or whatever to go and do that. So yeah. I, I mean, I think it's I think it's the option that is cool. Um, and and as I kind of I kind of started this off, I feel like that is what I've been drawn to more and more. Um, you know, it's you play through the game, but in a lot of cases, it's. Even in a single-player game, it's finding those things that I think are interesting and ignoring the things that I don't care about. Whereas as a, a younger gamer, I would have done 100% of it. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a cool thing to talk about. I'm really curious what some of our uh, our listeners and viewers think about this topic. Uh, do you find yourselves in sort of the same boat, or are you still kind of a completionist when it comes to things? Uh, or do you not really care? Are you happy to just let the developers kind of... Uh, lead you to what they think is the best content. Well, and I think you should ask your wife too, because she is still 100% a completionist. She right? is absolutely a completionist, yes. Right? Yeah. I remember the World of Warcraft pet grind. Like, she was, uh, oh, there's this one random pet I gotta find over an ice crown. What oh, man, yeah. She spent doing? how long in ice crown getting that stupid undead, undead Valkyr? Right? Uh, so that she could then use the undead Valkyr to go and get a, a different pet that. You could only beat with that one using some certain strategy. Yeah. So but with that, that being her. said, that completionist in her is her gamification, right? That's her playing with herself, right? That's her instance of like, I, I'm not really enjoying the story anymore, but I have, I have this list of Pokemon pets that I have to go catch in World of Warcraft that I got to catch them all, right? So yep. um, I think, you know, just little pieces like that are really, um, I think they, they definitely make a game last longer than it should. Right. Sure. So. All right, man. Well, if people want to write in uh, and get a hold of us, let us know what they're thinking about this. How should they go about doing that? Um, the best way is through email. You can hit us up at uh, ggpodcast at trinitygamers.com. That's our email address. Uh, I validated it. It does work. I know we joked about me not reading them, but I check them every day. <laughs> um, and uh, it's pretty simple because usually there's not a whole lot in there. Uh, mainly just spam about how I can enlarge how you can play with yourself more efficiently exactly um so that's the best way uh there's also our facebook group uh it is uh, www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash gg podcasts um we have a twitter which is at gg podcast one um no instagram because i don't like instagram but i probably should figure take that, that instagram right uh we have our website which we post our podcast on which is trinitygamers.com we also post the podcast out on um itunes on what's that one that starts with an s spotify there we go spotify. and on google yep. play um so yeah hit us up out there give us a subscribe please leave us some feedback so we know uh how we can fix ourselves like if you're like hey that that jason guy's an idiot um i'll just probably ask 
those guys to delete that one. But anyway, uh, you can do that out there. Uh, and then last but not least, if you like what you heard, you want to support, you want me to be able to buy uh, more Surly Extra Citrus Pale Ale, which is what I'm having as a beverage tonight, um, you know, uh, throw us a, a buck or two out on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash GG podcast, you can see us out there. So um, those are the best ways to get a hold of us, Brian. Um, as a whole, we are lonely fellas and we love to hear from you guys. So hit us up. We're sick of just playing with ourselves, everybody. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, buddy. Well, it was fun talking to you. Have a good week. Try to get some gaming in this week. I'm going to try to get some gaming in this week. Uh, Hopefully here in the next few minutes. We'll see. (laughs) Sounds good, buddy. Have fun gaming, everybody. Yep. GG, everybody. Have a good one.